Moses, arguably one of the most significant figures in the entire Bible. Author of the Torah, mouthpiece of God. Leader of God's people and synonymous with God's law. Yet he was just an ordinary man. Everything we see in scripture about Moses is merely the story of God's power on display through his faithfulness in the ordinary moments. Hebrews 11.27 says, He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. Moses, ordinary man, extraordinary God. Good morning. How y'all doing? Been a good week, huh? Pretty blessed to be up here. Um, this morning, we're going to look at uh, Moses uh, and excuses, okay? We're going to talk about excuses because Moses was really good at them. An excuse is an attempt to lessen the blame attached to a fault or an offense. It's a reason or an explanation put forward to justify a fault or an offense. Let me give you a few examples. These are real excuses people gave for being late to work. Uh, I walked into a spider web on the way out the door and I couldn't find the spider, so I had to go back inside and shower again. That's why I was late. So uh, any of you uh, deathly uh, afraid of spiders, Christy Graham, uh, Pastor John. Anyway, uh, here's another one. Or I was late to work because my toothache was so terrible when I woke up that I went straight to the dentist and then I could not speak to let you know I was in too much pain to come in. Here's uh, another one. I was late to work because my left turn signal on my car was out so I had to make all right-hand turns to get to work. Therefore, I was late. Last week, we were uh, uh, looking at Exodus 3 and verse 10. Uh, the Lord had a job for Moses to do. Exodus 3.10 says, Go, Moses, I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. Well, Moses uh, didn't like those orders, and he gives five reasons, five excuses, why he doesn't think he's the right man to confront Pharaoh and lead his people out of Egypt into the Promised Land. So that's what we're going to look at here today, five reasons why Moses said, I'm unavailable, Lord, I'm not your man, I don't want to be used. So if you would, locate with me Exodus chapter 3 on your phone, in your Bibles, and uh, we're going to stand and read out loud together verses 10 to 14, Exodus chapter 3. Would you stand if you're able, please? And let's uh, declare God's word together. Here we go. Let's read. Now go from sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, 
I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested, If I go to the people of Israel and tell them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they'll ask me, What is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that uh, you still are the great I am. That's not changed. And thank you that we get to uh, approach the great I am. And we invite you now to come and take charge today in your church. Because this is your church. It's the church of your son, our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. So might he be lifted high today in your church? Might Jesus be honored and gloried and praised, even as we study in your book about your man, Moses? Lord, help us to hear clearly from you. I believe, Lord, you got everybody here, everybody watching online, and you have something to say to each of us. So help us to listen closely. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one united voice, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. <laughs> Moses' first excuse. We just read it. The uh, Lord says, I want you to go. I want you to lead my people, your people, out of Egypt. And what does Moses say? Uh, who am I? Who am I to be uh, asked to do this undertaking? I'm not qualified, is really what he's saying. Um, now think with me, he's been living in the wilderness for 40 years. Um, he ran hundreds of miles away to get away from the Egyptians. He very well may have been executed for murdering an Egyptian guard, okay? So I'm in exile, I already killed somebody, um, I'm a bad choice, is what he was saying to the Lord. I, I'm, I'm really not uh, up to this. Those are logical excuses if the Lord was looking for someone with amazing abilities, okay? So if, if the Lord was after the most qualified, the most talented person, then maybe that was a good excuse. But here's the truth, okay? God wasn't looking for Moses' abilities. He was looking for Moses to just be available, okay? And that's what he's still after today in us. He's not looking for awesome, amazing abilities in you. He's looking, are you willing to be available? Are you willing to let me work through you? Because really, it's not about our power or our cleverness it's really all about the Lord working through us. Let's go back to the text. Verse 12, here's the Lord's answer when, the Lord, when Moses says to the Lord, no, I don't think so, I'm not qualified. Verse 12, I'll be with you, Moses. You're not doing this alone. You're not all on your own doing this in your own power and your own strength. Now remember, the Lord's talking to a shepherd here. And, and I... 
I just got to believe the, the Lord was saying, even though you're going to walk through the valley of the shadow of Pharaoh, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to watch over you. I'm not going to leave you or abandon you, Moses. I got your back. Notice the pattern, okay? Because we're going to look at this five different times. Every excuse Moses gives, the Lord directs Moses away from the excuse, his insecurity, his fear, and the Lord keeps directing him back to himself every time. So Moses, you're all worried about yourself and how you're going to be um, received, but I want you to know I'm your answer, okay? The same is true for us. The, the Lord is clear when he's asking us to do stuff. We've got excuses, don't we? I've got reasons why I don't think I should teach that class. I've got reasons why I don't think I'm up to that task. And the Lord constantly is pointing us back. You know what? I'm going to be with you. I'm at your side. The maker of hundreds of billions of galaxies. He created the entire universe. Oh yeah, he's at our side. Henry, the Lord is not looking for your amazing abilities. Isn't that good to know, Jose? He's looking for us to be available. Just be available. Back to the text. Uh, second excuse that Moses gives to God why he thinks he's a bad choice. Look at verse 13 with me. Uh, but Moses protested, If I go to the people of Israel and tell them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they're going to ask me, what's his name? <laughs> then, then what should I tell them? Excuse number two, um, who do I say sent me? Uh, they don't know you. They don't know me. This is going to be bad. Moses has been gone from Egypt for 40 years. He's saying, I'm an old man now. I'm 80. And remember, I'm a murderer um, and I ran away, now I'm back, what am I going to say to everybody? And now that's, I get it, I understand why he asked the hard question. I don't have the right education, I don't have the right pedigree, I don't have the right clothes, I don't have the right look. Lord, I, I don't have many answers. I don't think I'm a good choice. That's his excuse. God's answer, verse 14. God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. The personal, eternal, self-existent God of the universe, the one who holds the entire universe together, has sent me. That's what you're supposed to say. I am has sent me to deliver you out of slavery. And oh, by the way, give me your eyes. The Lord is still in the business of delivering his chosen people out of bondage to slavery. I am has sent me to deliver you out of slavery. And some of us here today, we're still in slavery. You might be a follower of Jesus, but you still got this old sin, pet sin, entangling, besetting sin. I am has sent me to deliver this message. Are you ready? He'll deliver you out of slavery just like he did his chosen people. He's still in the business. I've got all the resources. I've got all the power, Moses. I just need to allow the Lord to work through me and just be the conduit that the Lord wants to use.
to get my power unleashed. That's what he's saying. And it's still true today. Back to the text. First excuse, who am I? I'm not qualified. Second excuse, who, who do I say sent me? They don't know me. Uh, Moses is not done with excuses. Just getting warmed up. Third excuse, what if the people won't listen to me? They, they won't believe me. I'm pretty sure when I go and tell them who sent me, they're still not going to want to listen. Chapter 4, verse 1. But Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? Okay? Picture Moses showing back up in Egypt, and everyone sees an 80-year-old shepherd who claims, I just want you to know, I've heard from God. You hear an 80-year-old come up and say, no, no, really, um, he appeared to me in a bush, and the bush wouldn't burn up, and, and now I'm here to tell you what the Lord is telling me to say to you. And Moses is thinking, you know what? Um, they're going to say, sure you did, Mo. Sure, yeah. You've been smoking those wilderness mushrooms again, Moses. What, what's going on? I don't believe that, that you've actually heard. So the Lord gives Moses three answers to this excuse. Okay? And they're signs. Three signs, three miracles to convince Moses and then to convince Israel. Okay? First confirming sign, Moses' staff turns into a snake. So God's answer is really amazing here. What's in your hand, Moses? What, what's in your hand? Um, a shepherd's staff was huge. You didn't go anywhere without your staff. It was your protection, your security. If you needed to move the sheep around, if you needed to battle uh, a wild animal, you could bat them upside the head. Shepherd, what's in your hand, Moses? Verse 3. Throw it down on the ground. So the Lord told Moses, so Moses threw down the staff, and notice what it turns into a snake. <laughs> Moses jumped back. Moses jumps back. That's likely a cobra. Here's why. Because the Egyptians worshipped the cobra. That was like their symbol. Uh, so likely this is a cobra, again, uh, letting Moses know, oh, by the way, I'm greater than their symbol, than, than their mascot, okay? Cobras, by the way, are killers, so Moses jumps back. Verse 4, Lord says, uh, Moses, pick it up by the tail. Is that a good idea? Anybody know about poisonous snakes? Pick it up by the tail. That's a good way to get bit and what? die. Yeah. So not normally a good idea, but Moses obeys and the snake turns back into his staff. Now, pause with me. Think if you're a Hebrew, you're a slave living in Egypt at this time, your people have been in bondage for over 400 years, and every day while you're working, you see on the arms of the Egyptian soldiers the sign of the cobra, sometimes in, in their headbands. So every day, you know all about their mascot, if you will. Now your leader, Moses, is about to show Pharaoh that the God of Israel is in control and he's far more powerful than their little g-gods. That's what he's saying. Just want you to know, I got your back and I want you to know 
I'm greater than anything Pharaoh can come at you with. Okay? Second confirmation sign. So throw the staff down, pick it back up, back into a staff. Verses 6 and 7, put your hand in your cloak, in your cloak, Moses, and he pulls it back out. What is it? White with leprosy. Okay, put it back inside your cloak, and now as he pulls it back out, pulls it out, his hand is healthy, and the leprosy is gone. Here's what the Lord's saying. Moses, I have chosen you. I'm greater than any disease in this world, and I want you to understand I've got power over the worst diseases, the incurable diseases. They're going to see my power at work through you. You don't have to be afraid, Moses. Third confirming sign, verses 8 and 9. It's kind of a preview of the first plague. Uh, Exodus 7, 14 to 24, we'll get there next Sunday. But that's the last sign given to Moses, okay? I'm going to take the Nile River, the lifeblood of Egypt, and I'm going to turn it into blood. That's the very first of the plagues that's coming their way. He's telling Moses, give me your eyes, I'm sovereign and ruler over the greatest power on earth. At this time, the greatest power on earth was Egypt and the Egyptian army. And, and the Lord is saying, Moses, I want you to understand something. I'm greater than this great power known as Egypt. I'm bigger, I'm more powerful. And when we're doubting, when we're hesitant to stand up, our God is greater than anything in this world too. We need to remember that. Sometimes we're fearful, we're hesitant to stand. Oh, I, I, I couldn't actually speak out there. We serve the greatest power in the universe. We serve Jesus Christ. Do you understand? We, just like Moses, need to be reminded, oh yeah, our God is bigger. He's bigger than Vladimir Putin. He's bigger than the principalities and the forces of this fallen world, Ephesians 6. Nothing in this world is a match for our awesome God, Jesus Christ. Amen? I'm telling you, we need to remember that our God is the God of the universe. And that's what he's telling Moses. You need to remember that. He, Moses keeps saying, but Lord, I'm falling short. I, I don't have good abilities. Um, and the Lord keeps saying back to Moses, would you just be available? <laughs> would you just... Would you just make yourself ready to be used? I'll supply the power. I'll supply the wisdom. I'll tell you what to do. Moses, will you be the conduit through which I'll work? Just be available. Back to the text. Moses' objection so far. First excuse, who am I? I'm not qualified. The Lord's answer, I'll be with you, Moses. Second excuse, who do I say sent me? They don't know me. God's answer, I am. I am has sent you. Third excuse, what if the people won't listen to me? God's answer, look at my power. Look at my miracles. They're going to listen. Fourth excuse, verse 10. Here's what it says. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been. And I'm not now, even though you've spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. Fourth excuse, Lord, I don't speak very well. 
I don't talk very good. I'm not very eloquent. And now you're appointing me as your spokesman, and I can't talk well. I think you picked the wrong guy. Lord, I'm pretty sure that I haven't spoken Egyptian for 40 years, and I don't have a good track record with speaking well. This is a really weak area for me. Why did you choose me? I love the Lord's answer. Go back to verse 11 and 12. Here's, here's what uh, the Lord says back to Moses. Then the Lord asks Moses, um, who makes a person's mouth? <laughs> Isn't that good? Who decides whether people speak or don't speak, hear or don't hear, see or don't see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, and I'll be with you as you speak, and I'll instruct you in what to say. Uh, Moses, I'm going to be your teleprompter. So I'll give you the words to say. I'll supply everything you need to say. You just need to speak them. You don't need to be smooth. You don't need to be eloquent. You don't need to be amazing. Uh, I just need you to say what I tell you to say. Okay? Just be available. Just, just be the one that I'll work through. I'll speak through your mouth. Now, here's the truth. Some of us here today, we don't speak up for the Lord because we're just like Moses. I, I, don't, I don't talk so good, Lord. I'm not good at, at, at speaking to people. And, and I'd speak up for you, but Lord, you didn't give me that ability. I don't have that talent. Here's what the Apostle Paul said, speaking to the church at Corinth. 1 Corinthians 1.17 For Christ didn't send me to baptize but to preach the good news, and, and not with clever speech, for fear that the cross of Christ would lose its power. Later on, they even say, you know what? That Paul writes really, really strong letters, but he's not very good at speaking. I'm just telling you, the Apostle Paul had this problem, but he decided, okay, I'll be available, Lord. You can use me. The Lord is just looking for plain-spoken, ordinary people, women, men, like us, who will simply speak up for him, be available, and speak for Jesus. That's what he's looking for today. Okay? Quick review. First excuse. Who am I? <laughs> I'm not qualified. What was God's answer? I'll be with you. I'll be with you. Second excuse. Who do I say sent me? They don't know me, God's answer. Tell them I am sent me. Third excuse. What if the people won't listen to me, God's answer? <laughs> Look at my power. Look at my miracles, Moses. Fourth excuse. I don't speak well. I'm not good with words, God's answer. I made that mouth. I made your mouth, Moses. Just, just tell them what I told you to speak. Fifth and final excuse, this is really now getting down to uh, the core of why Moses was making excuses. Um, look, look at his fifth and final excuse, verse 13. Now he gets really honest. But Moses pleaded, Lord, please send anyone else. Okay? Lord, please Send anyone, I don't care who it is, as long as it's not who. I just don't want to do it. I, I really am not interested. 
And I say, well, at least he said please, right? At least he said please. Please, Lord, I'm not your man. I'm an old guy. Think about it. He's 80 years old, and now the Lord's about to send him off. And he says, no, I don't want to be your man. I'm not interested. Isaiah 6, 8, Isaiah says, here am I, Lord, send me. And Moses says here, verse 13, here am I, Lord, send somebody else. <laughs> I, I don't want to be your man. I, I don't want to be uh, your spokesman. I'm not interested. Moses is full of excuses. And now he just admits, I, I'm not willing to do this. I'm not interested. I'm, I'm on the way out. I'm ready to retire. I'm 80. I'm tired. I've lived a good life, Lord. Thanks for asking. Please send somebody else. Please send anybody else. Just not me. Back to the text, verse 14. Then the Lord became angry with Moses. Now, that's interesting. The Lord is a bit ticked now uh, at Moses because He's been honest, but he's not willing. I'm not available. And then he goes on. All right, he said. <laughs> all right. All right. He's not pleased, but he's not willing to step up. So here's what the Lord says. Um, what about your brother, Aaron, the Levite? I know he speaks well. And, and look, he's on his way to meet you right now. He'll be delighted to see you. Talk to him. Put the words in his mouth, and I'll be with both of you as you speak. And I'll instruct you both in what to do. Aaron will be your spokesman to the people. He'll be your mouthpiece, and you'll stand in place of God for him, telling him what to say. Isn't that interesting? Okay, Moses. Lord is ticked, but in patience and grace... The Lord doesn't just smite Moses, okay, like we might. Okay, if you're not going to be willing, I'm just going to get rid of you. The Lord in patience and grace and love says, okay, Moses, your brother, you're, you haven't seen him for 40 years. He's a respected teacher. He's a Levite. He's a good speaker. He's coming right now, and he's going to be so excited to see you, Moses. He'll be your mouth, Okay. I'll let him be your spokesman. So catch this. Um, I'm going to tell you what to tell Aaron to say to the people. Okay? So you're going to put my words into Aaron's mouth, and then he'll speak them. If you're that insecure, if you're that fearful, okay, we'll let Aaron be your mouthpiece. Verse 17. Oh, and by the way, take your shepherd's staff with you and use it to perform the miraculous signs I've shown you. Now, just pause with me. Moses is going to use that staff to confront the Egyptian magicians and put them in place. And later, Moses is going to use that staff to unleash the plagues over Egypt and get to Pharaoh's heart and mind. Um, Moses is going to use that staff to part the Red Sea and then use the staff 
and it's going to come crashing down on the Egyptian armies and uh, the riders of the Egyptian horses. Oh, and by the way, Moses, you're going to use that staff to smack a rock. And that might even get you in trouble, your staff will, but you're going to use that staff to get water for my children when you're out in the wilderness. And oh, by the way, there's going to be this war going on with the Amalekites, and Moses, you're going to hold that staff high, and you'll get victory as long as you hold your staff up high for me, for me. Now, now here's my question. What are you holding in your hand here today? Think with me. What's, what's your staff? What abilities has the Lord given you that he wants you to use for his honor and glory? What's in your hand? What do you have in your hand today uh, that the Lord wants to use to advance his kingdom, to advance his church? Could be some of you have in your hand a musical gift and you should be up here on Sundays using it to honor and glory and lead us to the throne room of heaven. Some of you have that in your hands and you're saying, uh, I, I don't want to do that, Lord. You've got excuses. Some of you here today, you uh, have in your hand an ability to go and help the needy at, at the Nehemiah house, at the Mary Margaret house, at the Salvation Army. We got lots of folks today who are in need, and you have a good gift to help them. And some of you are saying, I, 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 don't, I don't think so. I, I, don't, I think I'm too busy, Lord. You have excuses. Some of us have uh, a heart in our hand to help those who are addicted. We have, we have folks all over northern Michigan with addictions, and they need life recovery. And you've got that ability. The Lord's given you that heart and that talent. And you're saying, um, I, don't, I don't think so. Maybe later. Maybe after the kids move out. Maybe after some big thing gets done. Some of you have in your hand the ability to financially give to advance the kingdom of Jesus. And you're saying, but you know, they're talking about a recession. You know, and the stock market isn't doing so great. And we have our excuses not to use what the Lord has put in your hand. Some of us, uh, you have the ability and the talent to work with teams. And can I say that's a miraculous gift if you're holding that in your hand? It is. It's an amazing gift. And, and I praise you and I praise the Lord for those who work. But some of you, that's your talent. That's your ability. The Lord is saying that's in your hand and you're not doing it. Let me just say this. A lot of us, these last few years of COVID, you've laid your staff down. And now you're saying, I'm, I'm not so sure I want to pick it back up. I think I'm just going to leave my staff on the ground and ignore it, and it might go away. And I think the Lord is saying today, no, no, I want you to pick that staff back up, that talent I've given you, given you, and I want you to work with teens. I want you to work with children. I want you to work with the elderly. I've given you that talent. Don't you dare just leave it there on the ground. Every person, here's what I believe, Every person in this room, if you know Jesus personally, if you're a follower of King Jesus, 
He's given you something in your hand, in your life, for you to use. Not just to leave on the ground. It's time to pick it back up and say, by your grace, I'm going to hold that staff strong. I want to see your kingdom and Jesus Christ and his church lifted high. So let me ask one more time. Balcony, what are you holding in your hand? What is it the Lord has done in your life, given you, that he expects you to use to honor and glorify him? Now, I know some of you are thinking, but, but you know what? I think what you've put in my hand, I, I don't really like this talent. I think there are people more talented and more gifted than me, and I'm telling you that's an excuse. That's an excuse because the Lord isn't looking for amazing abilities. What's he looking for? Availability. He just wants you to be available. Would you pick it up? What's in your hands the Lord wants you to be using? And some of you are thinking, I, I think I'm too old. <laughs> I, I think I'm retired. Can I tell you? That's exactly what Moses thought. And he was 80 and he's got 40 more years of life to be advancing. So let me just say, if you're over 120, lay, lay your staff down. Your time's done. But if you're not 120 yet, Lord still has plans for you. He still wants to use you. It's time to get busy. Enough of the excuses. Here I am, Lord. Use me. And he's not looking for amazing abilities. He's looking for humble, ordinary availability. Are you willing? Are you willing? Pick that staff back up. Let's pray together. Lord, we pause now for a moment and we just invite you to apply your word to our hearts. Speak, Lord. We're listening. First question, are you using the gifts, the talents, the abilities the Lord has put in your hand? Are you involved? Are you in the game? What excuses have you been using not to be using those gifts, talents, abilities the Lord has given you? What's your excuse? Moses had lots of them. And the Lord keeps saying, I want you to be available. I want you to be willing to use what I've given you. So if you're a follower of Jesus, if you've said yes and you're born again, you have a gift, you have a talent, you have an ability. When the Holy Spirit took up residence in your life, he's given you an amazing gift might feel ordinary, it might feel plain to you, but he says, I made that. 
and I want you to get in the game. So here's my question. Are you willing to say, Lord, here am I. Use me. It might feel ordinary. It might feel plain. It might feel like, I don't know, Lord. I'm not sure it's all that amazing. That's not what he's looking for. It's his power. It's his glory. It's his wisdom at work through you. That's where the amazing stuff comes. Are you willing to say, Lord, here am I. I'm willing. I'm available. Use me. And if that's your heart, would you just lift up your hand, let him know, Lord, here am I. Use me. See this hand right here today. I got mine up. Anybody else? Here am I. Use me. Anybody in the balcony? Yep, I see you. And here am I. Use me, Lord. See this hand. I'm willing to get in the game. And I just want to say thank you, Lord, for using ordinary men and women like Moses, like us. And thank you for wanting to do extraordinary stuff through us. And Lord, I, I pray for those who've set their, their staff down for a season, Lord, help them to find just the right spot in your church, in your kingdom, to be used and to be all about what you created them and called them to be. And finally, it's possible you're watching here online today or you're here in person and you've never had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And I just want you to know the best part of life is knowing Jesus personally and living for him. And I tell you, once you say yes and invite him into your life, then he'll be ready to use you too. He'll put something in your hand. He'll give you uh, an ability and a talent so that you too can be used by the king of the universe. So here's where that begins. It begins with a choice. Jesus, I believe the gospel facts for me. The gospel historical verifiable truths. Jesus left the glory and splendor of heaven, took on human body, lived a sinless life, and he took your place and my place on the cross. That's a fact. He shed his blood for our greatest problem in life. We're great sinners. He shed his blood to wash and cleanse and purify that eternal separation between us and perfect uh, God the Father Jesus bridged the gap when he shed his blood. He took our place in the grave. Early Sunday morning, he arose victoriously from the dead. He did that for you. He did that for me. Those are the facts. Jesus, by faith, I believe those facts for me, for me. And here's the most important part then. And now, Jesus, by faith, I choose to open the door of my life and welcome you in. So you come, I receive you right now. You come in and be my king, my savior, my Lord. I want to follow you. And I want you to fill me up with your spirit. And Lord, give me some good gifts so I can be involved on your team, in your church, in your kingdom. 
I'm ready to follow you. I pray, Lord, that uh, there are any here who haven't done that, would you knock loudly on their heart's door? And if you're here in person, make your way over to the prayer corner. If you're watching online, just let them know, you know what, I'm choosing to follow Jesus today. Let them know. They'll, they'll rejoice with you and we'll get you started in your journey. Lord, we love you. We're grateful that we get to study your book together. And we're grateful, Lord, that we get to gather as a family and learn and grow together. We love you. And we're grateful now that we can even have a membership meeting to honor and glorify you. And I'm asking that you'd help us to uh, just have a delightful time together as we talk about the possibility that you've brought before us as a church. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray all of these things. Amen.